With a country divided, the republic at risk, and morality being redefined, it's time to gather around the campfire, get back to basics, and spark the revival that this country so desperately needs. This is the American Campfire Revival with Kirk Cameron. We've been talking about the genius of the American Republic. And I don't say that in an arrogant way. Uh, I don't say that because I live in America. I think people who understand history understand that America has been unique in all of the world, not because the people are the most uh, virtuous or the most faithful members of the family of faith, but because the form of our government was patterned after God's ideas of government and his ideas of the church and the family. And to the degree that those ways have been followed, it's produced maximal blessing and human flourishing. And that's what we want to get back to in this nation that we love. And so we talked about the first genius idea of the American Republic was that the American Republic was not a democracy. Now we like to talk about the democratic process and that's good. We want to vote. We want to be represented by our uh, our values represented through our votes. But the idea that we are just patterned after the old Greek democracy, no, those were tyrannies because you'd have the majority of the people trample over the rights of the minority because majority rules in a democracy, right? It's just mob rule. And so uh, we talked about last night that pure democracy is not good. Our founders did not want that at all. Pure democracy is two wolves and a sheep deciding what to have for dinner. Sheep, not good for the minority in the group, only good for the majority of the group. That's not what we want. That's not what our founders intended because everyone is equal in the eyes of God and their views need to be represented and, to, and need to be honored. And we're not patterned simply after the defective Roman Republic. Some will say, well, we are patterned after Rome. Their ideas that we appreciate about about what we see in, in, in the Roman Empire, but there was a great defect in the Roman Republic. And that is that they lacked the principle of representation. They had senates, but those who were in the Senate were appointed nobilities to represent the people, but they were not elected by the people and they were not given their power from the people. And so ultimately it turned into tyranny. And the, the, the values and the liberties of the individual people were trampled. And Rome couldn't, couldn't hold on to unity within their republic because it ultimately came down to another form of tyranny. And so we're patterned to have some, something different than just an idea of democracy, just the idea of a republic. We are a Christian, constitutional, representative republic that is fueled by a virtuous people. That's what makes the genius of the American Republic work. And I wanna talk about more specifics about these things. Our founders understood that it was godly men and godly women, committed members of the family of faith in order to make this kind of Republic work. In order to have this kind of freedom, you had to have character and faith. Whether it was translated into your voting or whether you were running for office and you were leading in the government. It was a virtuous 
godly group of men and women on all levels throughout the Republic that knew how to govern themselves that made the whole thing work. Listen to what Sam Adams said. He said, he who is the truest friend to the liberty of his country who tries mo is he who tries most to promote its virtue. You want to see more liberty in America? Promote virtue, promote morals, promote character. And that comes by fearing God and loving your neighbor. He went on to say, the sum of all of it is that if we would most truly enjoy this gift of heaven, speaking of this republic, America, let us become a virtuous people. Enough said. That's genius idea number one. We are not a democracy. We are a virtuous republic. Genius idea number two was the idea of the separation of powers. You see, the early American founders understood that if you give one man too much power, he will abuse it. It will corrupt him and he will enslave the people. They didn't want that. No emperors, no kings, no czars, no shoguns, no warlords. That becomes dangerous. So they separated their powers. And early Americans understood there were three types of powers. And they knew this for one main reason, although it was popularized by a uh, French philosopher, Montesquieu. If you know about philosophy, you've heard of Montesquieu. And he said that the three sorts of power uh, ultimately needed to be recognized. And the early Americans knew that because they read their Bibles. Did you know why we have three branches of power, the executive, the legislative branch, and the judicial branch? Where did that come from? Did you know that it came from Isaiah chapter 33? Listen, it says, for the Lord is our judge. That's the judiciary branch. He is our lawgiver. That's the legislative branch. And the Lord is our king. That's the executive branch. Isaiah 33, 22, you can look it up. Three branches of government. Idea comes from the Old Testament in the Bible. He is our judge. He is our lawgiver. That's Congress. And he is our king. That's the executive branch. We represent that with our president. But they said, God's model is best. However, no one man can have all three of those powers and handle it justly because it'll corrupt him. Listen to this in uh, the American covenant. God is related to the universe as created and preserver. The laws by which he created all things are those by which he preserves them. So God makes his laws just like the law of gravity. He's got laws of morality and he's also got laws about civil government. And it's with those laws that he created the universe that he also sustains all things. And he acts according to these rules because he knows them. And he knows them because he made them. And he made them because they are in relation to his wisdom and power. All of God's laws and principles are a manifestation of his wisdom and his power. He knows them perfectly and he follows them because he wants to produce blessing. Hey guys, it's Kirk here. Did you know that another option to traditional insurance even exists out there? I get that it may come as a surprise since we're so conditioned to think Traditional insurance is our only option, but that's simply not true. My family has been using Christian Healthcare Ministries over the last several years, and I cannot recommend them enough to other like-minded believers looking to do things differently than what we've been told to do. CHM is the faith-based alternative to insurance. And most importantly, with CHM, we know that our money is going to help other fellow Christians when they're in need. 
And this is how we like to steward our dollars when it comes to healthcare. Are you tired of your healthcare the same old way and want to do things the better way? I highly recommend you start by checking out CHM and see if this is an option that could work for your family's healthcare. It does for ours. It's not harder, but it's different in the best way. Learn more today by visiting chministries.org forward slash Kirk Cameron. Again, that's chministries.org forward slash Kirk Cameron. Check this out from the American Covenant. When the legislative and executive powers, those are two of the branches of government, are united to the same person or in the same body of government, there can be no liberty. Why is it? If you take the the lawmakers and the executive powers, they're the enforcers of the law. Let's just call it the police. If you join them together, there's no liberty. If the judges, the judiciary, uh, is not separated from the lawmakers and the executive, there's no liberty. If it were joined with the the, the legislative, the life and liberty of the subject would be exposed to arbitrary control. If you join judges with lawmakers they can arbitrarily say this is the law and you're guilty of breaking it and they can just control you at every point. He said, for the judge would then be the lawmaker. If, if it were joined to the executive power or the police, then the judge might behave with violence and oppression. If the judge is also the police, he can say, well, guilty and I'm taking you to jail. And, and that doesn't work. And isn't it crazy how in our country we're beginning to see that the, ju- the judiciary branch is in already in bed with the legislative branch making the laws and they're in cahoots with the executive branch, the enforcers. When that happens, you have tyranny, 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 900 red flags should be going up, flag on the field. Those branches of power need to be separated. And when you see them coll- colluding together, it's, it's trouble. Listen to this. Can we expect these three governmental actions to operate correctly if we as individuals in the family of faith don't know the source from which they came? If you and I don't know where the judges get their power, where the president and the police get their power, and where the lawmakers in Congress get their power, we're in trouble. How can we expect them to work properly? And how will we know their purpose? In our ignorance today, we are tempted to believe that the power of the three branches of government resides in those who staff these offices. The president doesn't give himself his own power, and Congress doesn't give themselves their own power, and the Supreme Court and every other judge doesn't give themselves their own power. Who gives it to them? Here it is. Upon consideration of the biblical base, God's word, and God's purpose, we see that the power or control resides not in the people who hold the office, but in the people which these offices represent. The power belongs to you and to me. The people in the United States, the ones those government officials are supposed to serve. We're not to serve them, they're to serve us as we serve God. We honor God, we love from the heart, We speak the truth with courage. We elect our officials and they are to serve us with justice and mercy. They don't get their powers by saying they have powers or passing laws that give them powers. 
they get their power from the consent and permission of the people, you and me. That is critical and that's God's idea and we get that idea from his word. It starts with with us understanding that. Think of it like this. You go to the zoo and you see the lion roaring in the circus and you see the lion tamer come out and it's this it's this this skinny little guy with a whip and all of a sudden the lion just just cowers and the lion sits and obeys the lion tamer question who is more powerful the lion or the lion tamer tell me who's more powerful well the lion the lion is far more powerful than the little man with the whip but the lion thinks the lion tamer is more powerful If this lion only knew how strong he really was and how weak the lion tamer and his little whip really are, he could devour the lion tamer and the whip. But he's been trained to believe the lion tamer has all of the power and the control. And so he submits to that power and he cowers at the crack of the whip. You and I as the family of faith, are the lion. But we, we cower and we, we, we believe that the, that the all-powerful government has all of the power and control. Now, when the government is acting as a minister of God for the good of the people, we voluntarily submit to serve the people and protect the good and hold back the evil. If they themselves become evil, we have a sacred duty to love our neighbor and have them replaced through our process in America. And we must not be afraid. We are the lion and it's time for the lion to roar. Know who you are. Know your strength. Meekness is strength under control. But do not be deceived by a lion tamer who wants you to think that you are weak and get you to cower at the crack and the sound of a whip. We're learning all of this stuff through the American Covenant, the untold story. It's why we have such a unique and exceptional country that we live in is because they understood these things and taught them to their children and we can get there again with freedom and justice and blessing for all. It comes through revival. That's what the American Campfire is all about. American Campfire Revival. Spread the word. Do all that you can to influence as many people as you can everywhere that you can with the message of liberty and life and truth. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the American Campfire Revival Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. If you'd like to learn more and join the movement, visit KirkCameron.com.